Word was with God, and the Word was God. Revelation 1 and 8 says, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and was and which is to come, the Almighty. He is truly all of these, amen, and so much more. He is not bound by time and space, yet he doesn't always get his will. Some of us, as children of God, as human beings, we want our will, we want our way, amen, and we throw a fit if we don't get it. At times, whether it's vocal or we act it out, at least in our mind sometimes, right? If we could be honest. But the Almighty God, which is all these things and more, does not always get His will. How is that? Because we as human beings are so powerful. Through the gift of free will, we can put restraints on the Almighty God. Putting limits on the unlimited one. The unlimited one in all existence is baffling to me if we think about it. My overall point, I believe what God is trying to convey in this message, as it's been said today, is understanding who we are, understanding who he is, amen. But the reality of knowing who we are is realizing what's within us through him, amen. All throughout the word, his own creation that was designed to serve and worship him. To have a relationship with those that he created. Amen. They themselves began to create and worship idols. That was not the will of God when he created man. Amen. But it is being done to this day. Amen. The things that we put before God today are much more subtle. Amen. This world provides endless distractions. And desires to be led astray. These things that they're endless, amen, that we could be led astray by. But it is God that will take care of us and all that we need to desire most is God, amen. If we can desire Him above all things and realize that everything we need is found in Him, every void that we would try to fill with temporary junk, amen, with stuff, relationships, addictions, whatever it is, things we give our time to, whatever it is, it's never going to replace the need for God's will and spirit in our life. Amen. It's never going to fill that void. I assure you, many in this room, all of us in this room, I believe, especially over 18, could attest to things that we've regretfully partaken in and experienced through this world and we are here today because we come to the understanding that there is nothing that compares with living for God and seeking his will and plan for our life amen, amen. amen. Psalm 37 4 and 5 says delight thyself also in the Lord and he shall give thee the desires of thy heart commit thy way unto the Lord trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass this scripture says, trust in him, not seek elsewhere for answers and direction or through all the Internet has to entangle us with. Amen. Think about I said it before. 
Maybe not recently, but maybe that's why they call it the web. When I first thought of that concept, it's so much more applicable today than it was then. Amen. The things you watch, uh, maybe not so much in the church, but you watch some of these, even adults and younger people, how they just get so consumed with these little videos and everything where it's just constant, unending, a trap, like they can't even be pulled out of this trance. They're consumed with scroll after scroll or video after video. Amen. The internet, all it's an entanglement. Amen. With enticements within it. Because it has the ability to catch us, trapping us until it's too late. Until it has us and our time and God's purpose for us completely bound and devoured. Anything can be a God that we allow. This isn't my overall point today, but think about it. Anything can be a little G God that we allow. It can creep in unaware. Amen. It's not that we're just wanting to go after things and push God aside and do away with him because other things are more important and we're just making this conscious decision. We know that's not the desire of anyone in this place. Amen. But it does say, beware the enemy's devices. It's a fun pun, and it's so accurate more today also. But, you know, phones, tablets, whatever they are, they happen to be devices as we call them. But it's more than that. His plan is to kill, steal, and destroy the will of God in our lives. Us seeking and finding that and operating in it. Amen. So as I remind myself and I say often, anything we put before God is closer to him than we are. It is a true statement, but in all honesty, in all honesty, if I let up the, all this world is, the, all the commotion, if I let up, if we let up for one minute, we can find ourselves putting life before God. There's a thing that says that we should eat to live and not live to eat. Well, we need... God for our life, amen, but we could so easily, with the pressures and the just the overall basic necessities that we find in this world, in this life, if, if we're not careful, if we blink, if we let up for one minute that we could find ourselves putting life before God, amen, and instead of, and it kind of goes back to worshiping the creature, the creation more than the creator, right, he gave us this life, to live and to fulfill his purpose. He gave us this life, but yet if we can allow the life he gave us to block him out and his purpose out, we've got to rewind, amen? We've got to rewind. I've got to rewind, amen? Thank you, Jesus. In the age and culture we are in, we must examine ourselves with that regularly. We agree? It's We could be a victim. It's like I said before, we're not... I don't believe any one of us is seeking out to intentionally run from God or not be pleasing to God or anything else. It's that we are so quickly caught unaware before we know what happens. So many things can and do so easily beset us in this life. Deuteronomy 32, 16 and 17 tells us of a generation in parallel to ours saying, they provoked him to jealousy with strange gods. With abominations provoked they him to anger. 
They sacrificed unto devils, not to God. To gods whom they knew not. To new gods that came newly up. Whom your fathers feared not. New gods that came newly up. Isn't there always something new? Isn't there always something new? Whether it's in the, in the realm of the internet or life or whatever it is. But especially you think online. There's always something presenting itself. Something, <clears throat> excuse me, something fresh. Something new and enticing. Whatever it may be, right? There's always a, a new app or a new this or a new that. To new gods that came newly up. Whom your fathers feared not. We must guard ourselves and our souls from giving place to anything. I don't think this goal is fulfilled in any of our lives all the time. But I know it's very much the will of God and his desire for each of us and probably each of our desire. But it's recognizing these things is the only way that I'm going to be able to fulfill that plan is anything that is in the way of God having 100% of us because that's what he wants all of us that's his will and desire for everyone amen he can't take it and he cannot force us we are given that free will that I talked about when we back off in prayer remember in the beginning that's how we can we can limit God we can shackle him up literally as finite beings that were created created from the dust excuse me basically nothing that's how we can literally say I'm nothing without you I'm nothing without you recognizing what is nothing dirt the dust of the earth things that we think so lowly of but without him breathing into that dirt now we are something. We have life at least. Amen. But that free will we're given gives us the same power to restrain the almighty God. If we back off in prayer, we limit God. When we participate with ungodly things, whatever that may be, if or when, movies, etc., we keep this great truth to ourselves keeping it 90% inside these walls or when we gather here during the week we're limiting a limitless God we're limiting a limitless God amen and I tell you it's not by the lack of his power or capability we can look outside and know he's capable of all things we can look back on our life and realize he is capable of all things as I said earlier, he does all things well. He does all things well. It's not his lack, but it's us. It's you, it's me, that can and will prevent great things from happening for us, even in our own lives, as well as the lives of others. More importantly, if it affects us, it's going to affect us affecting others' lives. And that's really what it's all about. Amen. It's not, we want to make it. And uh, we, we have to make it. Amen. <laughs> we have to make it. It's always us that put limits on God. 
it's always us that will put the limit or a barrier on God. In doing so, we're robbing ourselves and him. How many of us know what it's like as a parent to want to give something to your child, but maybe they're not in alignment with where they need to be, amen, whatever they might, that might look like. But in limiting him, we are robbing God of blessing us in the way he desires to. Think about it. There's things that you want. He was looking out and he wants to do these things for us. He wants to activate certain things in our life. But if we're not in that alignment, he's looking down, he's desiring, he's wanting to just hand it over. But what? It's that blockage, amen, that we can put up these limits or barriers. It's not just devices and distractions that stop his purpose. It's mindsets and false concepts of who we think we are or we are not. Think about this. This is crucial. Who we think we are or who we are not. It's the help of the Spirit of God, that born-again experience that should rearrange us. Amen? Introvert, extrovert, all that is irrelevant. After the new birth, we are all called and given power to function outside of our personality, outside of our weaknesses, period. Every shortcoming that we have, every label we can put on ourselves. The new birth experience and the power of the Holy Ghost in all reality makes those things null and void. It makes excuses or reasonings null and void. Where we can become so accustomed to labels and to these things that we put in limits in front of God with. New creature in Christ. Amen. And we're born into the newness of life. It doesn't make some of these things less of a reality in our situation, but it's understanding that we don't have to lay claim and lay hold to these things anymore to block the will of God in our life. Acts 1 and 8 says, but ye shall what? Receive power. Power to pray in tongues? Power to come in to church? Those are great necessities, but it's only the beginning, Amen. After what? After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Who here has the Holy Ghost? Who's been filled with the Holy Ghost? Amen. With the evidence pouring out in tongues. Amen. Where the, God is praying through us. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. I could be cliche and accurate and say Camus, Vancouver and beyond. Because that's our world, wherever we step foot every day is the uttermost parts of our earth, of our earth, of our realm, of our influence, wherever our feet step. And I find myself guilty. We're looking for Bible studies for people that come in this house when there's people out there that could be presented something and, they, and that you don't even know, but we put barriers up. That we put labels on ourselves in these things because we declare that we have a lack of power and we put a limit on a God that is limitless. When we could go out and introduce ourselves and make a conversation and at least offer that opportunity for a Bible study, we could offer that opportunity 
to present the Lord Jesus Christ in truth to them. These are things that people that know nothing of the God we serve, they don't even know who that God, the true God is. But they've got a hold of enough in this world, in, in that word, that they're being effective. I gave an example in conversation last night, right there. The fire on the altar was ever burning. That's the Holy Ghost. That's the true word of God. I'm, that fire that was in that pot that was to be transferred and, and never go out. But you've got, we have individuals, they're using propane. I mean, they're using a torch. There's fire and it's burning hot and it's affecting people. But the end result is the gas runs out. And when the gas runs out, what are they left with? That's why we have to present the true fire, the true word, and the true spirit of God. Amen. Because taking on those those things, our personalities, our mindsets is putting limits, limits on us affecting and being effective in this world, in these times we're in. Amen. We serve a God that is limitless when we take his word serious. We are no longer limited in our ability to walk in his will. His very words spoken at creation are still creating to this day. New galaxies still forming, earth being held just so. We spent time looking at the stars while we were camping, amen, looking at plant life and animals, etc. while we were out there. It just amazes me. And I knew pastor asked me to speak on Tuesday night. I was left on Wednesdays. I knew that God was going to, he was going to use my surroundings to speak to me I, and, and his word, obviously. But I, I felt it. I said, I'm just going to relax. And it just amazes me looking at these things with the plants and animals doing as they were created. This finds itself in the middle of the message, but really this is the, the crux of it, amen, is that these plants and animals are doing as they were created to do in the will of God. All of creation obey the will of God, but not so much as humans, unfortunately. If plants and animals are capable, what's the difference? What's our problem? The difference is our God-given power becomes a weapon against the will for our lives when it is underrealized or improperly used. What are we chaining God up with? What is it that we think he can't do? What is it that we think that we've done that would disqualify us? Or what is it that we think the power and spirit of God and the word of God filtering through our lives can't accomplish through us. I assure you, any answer to either of those questions outside of nothing is a lie from hell. Second Peter 1, 3-4 says, According to his, as his divine power hath given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. 
that divine nature activates something in us. The divine nature is us being able to have the mind of Christ. And the mind of Christ is not ever to do anything contrary to his absolute will for us, amen? Or for us to be limited or stifled. It's his mind. I feel to read something. I'm going to, there's a commentary here in this apostolic study Bible regarding to verse 4. It says, whereby are given unto us exceeding and great precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. It says, Peter's reference to participation in the divine nature does not mean that believers actually become divine, but rather conveys the remarkable effect of the promises we have received. Promises which enable us to be conformed to Christ's image. The word translated having escaped is expressed in the aorist tense, indicating that this escape occurred in the past when believers became recipients of God's great and precious promises, including the glorious promise of regeneration by the new birth. The world corresponds not to the physical planet, but the society of those in rebellion against God. That we were given in the new birth, amen. That power that is within us. There's so much there. If we can just understand the, what's at our fingertips, or not even our fingertips, what can be released through our fingertips, literally, what is within us by receiving that power. We hear that Acts 1 8 so much. We hear Acts 2 38 so much, and it blows by, and we don't realize. This stuff, this is a promise. This, what it entails is everything that we need to serve God and others effectively in these last days. It, all barriers, all limits on God aside. Because we, if we limit his power, then that's what happens. If you put a battery in backwards, what happens? You've got no connection. The power is there. There, that cell is charged completely, 100%. But if you put it in backwards, it doesn't make that connection like Pastor talked about. That circuit. The power's there, but it's not being effective. It's not fulfilling its purpose. Creatures and animals of all kinds function in their purpose unless something foreign is introduced. When we introduce things that are foreign or not, helpful in our walk amen we'll begin to lack in our function and purpose plants and trees uninhibited will grow to the exact size god intended just as we should amen thank you jesus we can introduce chemicals or different things that would hinder that that would begin to stifle God's plan on that where it would stunt the growth of that tree. What else will stunt a growth of a tree or a plant? I know you put a fish, especially a goldfish, in, in a certain size container, it can never get any bigger than that, right? That's what will hinder it. If you put a tree in the midst of too tight with other trees, it's not going to go to its full capacity. 
things hindering that are there because it's crowded out. It's crowded out so it can't grow the way it needs to. We've been given these things as an example. If Christ and the apostles are our human example, then this is our example in nature. From the beginning, man was given dominion. We were Think about it. Before the Holy Ghost, well, really, they had it even better at the time because they were just without sin, walking in the garden, right? But they were what? Man was given dominion over all things, every living thing. He was given dominion. That still pertains to us today, amen? We can cut the tallest tree. Think about it. As a human being, even in the natural, we could cut the tallest tree. We could hunt, kill, and eat the fiercest animal. Now with the Spirit of God, we have what? We have dominion over spiritual things. We have dominion over things that would rise up. Do we realize that? I think we, we know it and we hear it. But to have the understanding that we still have even greater dominion now than they had in the garden over every living thing, but also over spiritual things that would come and hinder and attack us. We have the power through the gifts of the Spirit to recognize these things that we could fight accordingly, amen, and not just beat the air. Nothing stops us but us. We have all liberty and freedom. We were out there, and you could tell from the 4th of July, it was littered at the shooting pit out there. It was littered with so many shells and rounds and so on. You could tell that the 4th of July had just passed because they were out there celebrating. And it just spoke to me thinking about we have so many, so much freedom. We talk about the liberty and we're grateful to be able to gather and meet in this place. But right now we have liberty to go out and speak to people anywhere and everywhere in the store. It doesn't matter where it is. We can begin to speak to them about Christ. There's places you could go and worship, but you're not going to be able to do that where you'll literally be right killed and so on. We have that freedom, that freedom and free will are two different things technically. But I just began to think how much we really have. We have a freedom to do and have the things that we want to choose to be picky about where and what we eat. Right. Think about it. Free will. And the freedom the Lord gives us can affect us and others, good or bad. We as believers, as well as unbelievers, have the same ability to use our God-given power and authority. Free will against his, that God-given authority is free will. To use it against his perfect will for our lives and the church. It's almost ironic if you think about it. But we see it on both sides. Looking at all the atrocities. All the atrocities ever committed in the world. What, what's an atrocity? We could think of Hitler, Pol Pot. There's so many, all these different, I could go down the, down the line of where disasters, not even disasters, you know, we hear about these mass shootings today. We hear about a bombing. We hear about all these things where all these stuff happens to children and trafficking, and all this. And these are the same questions that you'll get presented. Well, if God is this, then why does this happen? If God is this, and he's who you say he is, and everybody says he's so loving, and he's so great, and so powerful, how come this, and how come that? And trying to condemn God for man's doing because of the free will. 
think about what we could do equal or greater for the opposite effect. If they took their free will and look what they did in the natural. Without God, in the negative, in these horrible situations, but we can turn that through the Spirit of God and our free will being in His will, equal or greater for the opposite effect. If our will is aligned with the will of God, we have free will, but we got to direct it. If it's not directed towards the will of God and not seeking the will of God and walking in the will of God, then we're just all over the place. Ephesians 1, 19 through 23 says, And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe? According to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ, when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in which is to come, and hath put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. That flows together if you think about that we could take on that divine nature, the divine nature of God. All things are under his feet. All things are under our feet, literally, and figuratively, all things are under our feet in the spiritual realm, in the natural realm. If we're operating in the spirit and the will of God, all things are under our feet. God's already won the battle. Whatever situation looks like isn't under our feet or we don't have dominion of, it's because we're not taking it or we're not recognizing that God has it under control and his will is already being established, even though it doesn't feel good. I've limited God with my free will just... It's every day. It was a point when I had to make that initial actual decision to surrender. We talk so much about submission, but it's a matter of surrender most of the time. Amen. We must surrender to the will of God. We must surrender our human will and our human spirit to the will of God. And when we don't like it, that's where submission comes in. It's when we don't really agree, but we care more about the will of God and the purpose of God than us getting in the way of it. And that's submission. I had to make a decision to surrender. And really, if I come to find after you make that first true decision to surrender yourself and your addictions and whatever strongholds, all of it, to take the limits off God. Amen. Once we do that, then the more we walk it out, we realize we've got to do that more than once. It's not just that repentance it needs to happen more than once that we have a life of repentance, not that we continue to do things purposely to have to repent for, but we continually to walk in repentance and surrender to God's will every day. That's how we die daily. Amen. It's just about taking the limits off God, understanding that we have the ability is what I'm trying to say, understanding how great through him and how powerful we are that we have an actual ability to put limits on a God that we see as almighty because he is. We literally have the ability as finite humans. If we can recognize that, maybe we can help. It can help us understand who and what we really are through Christ. Amen.
We sing and we pray to loose the chains off of us and others. But the keys to taking the shackles off of God is surrender and trust. Surrender and trust. Amen. Complete surrender. To me, to just completely fall backwards and let go of every inhibition, it's the same. Let go of all footing and all my balance, everything I know in the natural, and just to completely release yourself. That's what God needs from us. That is exactly what God needs from us, to trust in his word and to believe that we are forgiven, believe that we are forgiven, believe that his purpose and will can be fulfilled in our lives. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. If we can just think about that fall and that release. We've fallen into his arms of mercy because he is there to catch us and lift us up. I feel like it's easy to fall into the trap that we put those labels on our, we receive those labels, we receive different identities or personalities or whatever that is, these things that were a part of us and still are, as I said before, just because we get the Holy Ghost and we, we are given power in the newness of life, those things don't disappear, but understanding that they can and they don't have to control or be a part of us it's the recognition that will help us understand that God does not disqualify us, but is continually calling us. It's the will of God to, uh, for us to continually grow. Amen. To continually grow in every way. In our walk, spiritually, when we're submitted to God and a pastor, we can continuously be going to new levels in Him, never ending. The word plateau or anything like it's not in the word of God, amen? What is a plateau is when you get to a certain point and it flattens out. I can't see that or where anyone else did that for very long, amen? Continually from glory to glory to glory. We can feel so comfortable and competent, especially those of us that have come further out of the world than others. And I think most of us, made our way pretty far in in this house today, amen. It's a trick of the enemy when we could feel like, well, I've come this far, or at least I'm not doing that, or I'm glad I'm not doing this anymore. What happens? We begin to limit ourselves and limit God in that mindset. And even as a parent, well, I'm, gonna, I'm doing better than my dad was. I'm doing better than my mom was. Well, where does that end? A lot of times that's not the hardest thing to accomplish if we stop there is that the will of God or are we continue to grow amen and new levels always elevating think about it. Ephesians 3 and 20 says now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us unto him be glory in the church by Jesus Christ throughout all ages the world without end. Amen. He is able to do so much more than we'll realize at times. So what are we holding back from him? That's why I, I got to ask myself. I think daily from this point on. Amen. I want to live this. I want to not put any limits on God. I want to recognize every my new area where I am doing that. 
because I have the ability to do so. I want to recognize what can be done through myself and through this body together. So what am I holding back from him? What are we denying ourselves is the end question. Is it healing, opportunity to teach Bible studies, to learn and grow for ourselves in that process, boldness to witness, all these things. We all know we all have the Holy Ghost here, but, you know, there's, this is a thing. It can be a hindrance to the Holy Ghost, to receiving it, deliverance, flowing in the gifts of the Spirit, whatever, whatever that is. He is waiting to pour it out on us. Submit, surrender, and understand his perfect will and plan. We know we cannot walk this walk or live holy as he is holy without his spirit and his power. Amen. The spirit will walk the line for us. It will lead us into all truth if we allow it. It's the flesh of our human nature that has to die daily. I'm going to close soon. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. It's impossible to do these things without his strength and his leading. Human nature, our flesh, has to die. My flesh has to die. But the most important thing of any of this is recognizing, recognizing what it is. Where's the flesh rising up? What is it that needs to die? Because you could just try to annihilate everything and miss your target. You can take out good things and miss the target of what really needs to die out in, in our life. Recognizing those things that rise up, that we can eliminate them immediately. Recognizing those thoughts that would rise up, that we could cast them down in the imaginations immediately. Amen. These things are needed to complete the work and to fulfill the plan and purpose of God. Amen. He's brought us this far, so why would we think that we can't go further? Why would we think that we can't be further or be restored to a greater relationship than ever before? Greater relationship than ever before. Amen. Luke 1 and 37, so for with God, nothing shall be impossible. I take that. Cherry picked that scripture from there because the saying is 100% accurate. For with God, side by side, working with God through us, the power of his spirit in us, nothing shall be impossible. He's here with us, amen? He's beckoning us. He's calling us with that voice of reason. With that voice of reason, he spoke to us in interpretation, talking how he's come speaking with a voice of reason. We have to hear that voice of reason. Amen. The bottom line is when we function and flow, anything contrary to desiring and seeking and walking in the will of God is called iniquity. I know you hear George or myself. Occasionally, pastor speaking on this. It comes from, if you can put fear as a word or as a term to accept it, that's certain scripture in the Bible, amen, in Matthew 7, where it says, Depart from me, I never knew you, you workers 
of iniquity. So I know I said a lot about the will of God and limiting God. It's iniquity. It's doing things our own way. It's getting ourselves in the way. And that is what will, according to the word, that's a disqualifier. That's the real original sin of Satan in heaven. He wanted to do it his way. It wasn't pride. Pride worked along with it, but it was his iniquity. Iniquity is figuring it out our own way, not seeking and doing God's will. He is calling us with the voice of reason in these last hours, church. We're in his presence. We're in his house. It's so important to take it with us. It's so important to take us outside of these walls. Amen. But I would ask to find a place to pray in this place. If we could leave anything, just ask. I'm going to ask the Lord continually as I have throughout him speaking this to me. Anything I can find to leave at the foot of the cross. Anything that would be a barrier. Anything that would hinder his will in my life that I would leave it here at this altar today, amen? Because as the saying goes, in all truth, tomorrow isn't promised. Just ask if we would pour out our hearts to him, amen? Pour out our spirit to him today. This entire walk and this race called life is all about fulfilling the will of God, loving and reaching others, and not doing things our own way. pour out our hearts and we realize we're going to be empty of self is to be full of him John 3 and 30 says he must increase but I must decrease let's let him take us to the next level church let the God of restoration have his perfect work in each and every one of us thank you Jesus nothing else matters nothing else matters but the absolute will of God why would we want to lock God up in a box when when he's freed all he'll do is improve our lives and use us to help others do the same walking in relationship with him who he is and who we are limiting ourselves is to limit him because he is able I close with the scripture Philippians 2 13 through 16 says for it is God which worketh in you both to will and do of his good pleasure do all things without murmurings and disputings that ye may be blameless and harmless the sons of God without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom ye shine as lights in the world holding forth the word of life that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain neither labored in vain what would it be to run this life to run this race, to run around and get ready to make it to church on time, to participate in services, to be found seeking these things and being on time more than the will of God, to be found seeking whatever it is in this temporary life more than the will of God, walking in iniquity. God forbid we do anything in vain. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, search me and try me, Lord God. These altars are open. Come and pray unto the Lord. In Jesus' name.
Sun.